What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Blockhash Exploring the Blockchain. Quick message from our sponsors, BNFT and Nitro Betting. BNFT is a groundbreaking platform that combines the unstoppable force of blockchain technology and the limitless potential of artificial intelligence to revolutionize personalized learning and earning experiences. BNFT leverages AI to create immersive educational environments for collaboration and utilizes DeFi to transcend traditional e-learning experiences. You can also earn exclusive certificates and showcase your achievements with unique NFTs. You can learn more by going to bnft.solutions and their social media channels. Nitro Betting is a top Bitcoin and crypto betting site that allows you to place bets in casino games, sports books, racing, gaming, you name it. It's your money. You should be able to have fun with it too outside of traditional investing. So check out all the action at nitrobetting.eu. All links are in the description below. Enjoy the episode, guys. Cheers. 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 Finally. Oh, hey guys. How you doing? Welcome back to the Block Hash Podcast, episode 354, I think. It's a lot of episodes. I'm probably right, but it's, it's been a lot of episodes. Um, doing a special episode today with my good buddy, Clement Young, here in his studio, Estudio Ilios Podcast in Medellin, Colombia. My, right. my, my Spanish is starting to well sound done. a little bit more Sounds native. Good. Um, but yeah, we're going to chat about the studio. We're going to chat about Block HashCon in November a little bit. Uh, we'll be using the studio to put on that event and to kind of coordinate everything because we're going to be doing it completely virtual, as you guys probably already know and tired of hearing me talk about it at this point. Um, and yeah, and then we'll, we'll chit chat about a few things and, and that'll be the episode. So enjoy our nonsense. How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, by the way. It's been a while. I think our last episode was Crash and Burn, but yeah <laughs> pretty much I, I think that's a good way to sum up the whole season but then when you look at our history it's not exactly the most professional uh you know with a, a, a podcast where you literally have to drink alcohol to have a conversation which was really fun by the way called pod shots I really enjoyed it yeah <laughs> but it's good to be back no it is good to be back i, I remember um clement and i actually met here in medellin right before the pandemic broke out in 2020, uh, believe it or not. And we we were bored during the pandemic. He went back to the UK. I stayed here. Um, you can only work out so much and, and do nothing in your house for so long until you 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 get motivated to do it something in your life. It, it's, it was very difficult. I think looking back on it, the pandemic was a lot harder than than I think you might realize. Well, you say that, but you didn't have to do it in the UK. I had to go back. Hey, man, we all went through the same thing. <laughs> which I would have much preferred to have been here. I think it was a lot more fun from what I could see. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was really difficult. I think the, the pandemic or the planned, I don't know. What should I say? What am I allowed to say? I'm very careful about what I say these days. But, you know, people woke up to a new kind of reality. And I think... You know, fingers crossed it doesn't happen again, but there's kind of talk about another one coming along at some point. So I don't really know what to think. Yeah, well, the the World Economic Forum keeps talking about the possibility of another one. So does uh, the CDC and that, you know, I, I don't know how this correlates, but now that we've had the COVID-19 pandemic, we're more likely somehow to have another one. And I don't really see how that makes any sense, but. There's some, there's some things sitting there in his underwear, just like, what am I going to do? How are we going to make money? Out I of think these? he just gets bored. He's like, yeah. fire up another pandemic. I don't, I, yeah. I mean, it's just weird that I know there have been pandemics in the past, but this one was totally different. Obviously, it was just unprecedented. But for there to be like this now, this new normal mm -hmm. is just to me. How do they know? <laughs> how do you know that right. there's going to be new pandemics coming out? So, yeah, a lot of what I think interests me is just trying to figure out what's going on in the world um, behind the scenes because we only really have ever got to see what the mainstream media is talking about. But now we're all waking up and we're all starting to research a little bit more and be a bit more critical thinkers, a bit more conspiracy theorists. You can interchange those two things right there. But I honestly think it's critical thinking 
And I'm glad people are waking up because we need it. We need it more than ever. Yeah, I, I think it's just important in general for people to do their own research and to actually look into these things and not just believe what they're heard. I mean, we it's already a fact that there's so many things about the pandemic that just came out to be untrue after the fact. Um, like wearing masks, you know, mm -hmm. that they didn't do anything really. They mm -hmm. weren't that effective. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the whole social distancing, if you remember that, you know, wasn't effective. Do I remember that? I remember that. Yeah, they had all these they closed parks, they yeah. closed, you know, uh uh, beaches they closed anywhere that you you could go out in the middle of nowhere i'm sure they closed like national parks as well which is ridiculous when you think about it i mean anyway we, we, <laughs> this whole podcast could be just complaining about the, the pandemic can you imagine two people in yellowstone park one on top of the mountain the other on the top of the mountain <laughs> b and he's like hello hello over there you have you have COVID. Yes. Stay away. Yeah. I don't, I don't breathe in my direction. Even the wind's like picking up a kilometer Looking away from me. <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy. And I think a lot of what the pushback is right now politically with, you know, Trump and a bunch of other, well, not a bunch, I would say Robert F. Kennedy, is that they, and Vivek as well, right? Mm -hmm. I don't want to butcher his name. So they're all very much aware that people are waking up and i think that they're speaking the language and i think that's why they are not given um as much airtime and they're or if they are they're really demonized and you can see it i just it's sad to see people so divided about this when honestly speaking you know it shouldn't be so difficult to see in my opinion it's 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 not a question of what do you prefer it's more a question of like what's right and wrong and can you figure it out and I don't think a lot of people can figure it out because they're so they're so tied. There's a lot of their... information out there. Well, that's yeah, another that's problem, true. and there's a lot of misleading information, and and um, you know, we, we won't get into it too much. But I mean, even things on vaccines too. It, it's there's so much information. It's hard for an individual to actually know. You know, should I be taking these things to protect myself? Is this is this COVID thing real? Uh, to what degree does it affect me versus someone else that is more susceptible to getting sick? Um, you know, and these, these are questions that just aren't really fully getting answered. And if we enter another pandemic, you know, there's going to be a whole group of people that don't want to protect themselves, that don't feel that they can trust, um, big pharma in terms of what they're saying and pumping out more vaccines. Um, and it's, and in regard is just, it's just horrible situation. So hopefully we don't end up going into another pandemic or anything viral at some point. Um, yep, yep, but yeah, I, th I think the presidential elections will be very interesting too, because that is a huge talking point. You know, Trump exited from office right when, when, uh, COVID broke out and then we were under Biden the entire time that was going on. And, and, um, and yeah, if it becomes a reality, like Mr. Gates probably is twirling a cigar and, you know, counting yeah. how many more are going to come. I really don't like that guy. I don't think any of us do this. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm not going to, you know, so I, I, I know how tricky it is to talk about these things. So we're going to kind of like, we're, we're not going to go into it, but, but I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited because I can see people th that are paying more attention and I feel like the tides are kind of almost turning a little mm -hmm. bit against the establishment. So let's see what happens. You know, we got front row seats. At least we can be we grateful do. for that. So whatever happens, at least we got to see this happen. <laughs> we have a lot of uh, interesting presidential candidates too in the u.s this year i know you're from the uk but you know what happens in terms of the u.s presidency does have a reverberating effect around i don't the world. really pay any attention to the uk politics anymore i i mm -hmm. really focus on what makes a difference and it's just it's just the truth i don't think it makes too much of a difference what happens on the small island of the united kingdom i do your pm is now rishi sunak right well you know i mean i guess <laughs> I, <laughs> don't get me started man uh <laughs> Yeah, I'm aware of what's going on. I'm not like, you know, blind to it. Yeah. But I think the most important thing is really kind of going to the root cause, no offense, but the root cause of this, which is, which is really quite ingrained into the power of the United States and their policies around the world. So if we can affect that, I think we can really do a lot of good. Yeah, we, the U.S. obviously has a lot of impacts, when, especially when it comes to the presidency. Um, and the, the field of candidates is very interesting and diverse on both sides of the party like i don't usually talk about pol politics on the podcast very often Sorry. but you know it, it is an important time and um even regards to things like crypto this is you know very important there's a lot of republican candidates like 
Vivek, like um, Ron DeSantis, who are very much in support of Bitcoin and crypto and blockchain and think that, you know, a, a CBDC would be incredibly damaging to the U.S. financial system as well as the global financial system and that it'd be a checkmate scenario. Um, you, you don't want that for your for your finances. You don't want to be completely co-opted into a system like they have in China with the yuan and, and then you can't get out. Um, you can't even send your one outside the country. It's all stuck in China. Like if, really? you're, if you're a millionaire there, you can't move your money. Like really? It's really, really hard to do because it's in Chinese yuan, digital yuan. Um, and that's what the fear that they have in the U.S. of what could potentially crop up at some point. Um, but yeah, you got people like Vivek, who is getting way more popular yeah. now that he's starting to do more interviews and debates are starting to happen. Um, and then you have Ron DeSantis, uh, who I, I like a lot of his stances and policies that he wants to push, but he also seems like there's something off about him. He's like too establishment for me. And then um, obviously there's Trump, you know, Trump's going through a whole litany of litigation. But he, even the other day, they actually found that he had like a couple million dollars in Ethereum in a, in a wallet. Really? Yeah. And I think it's because he sold these NFTs, like these Trump NFTs like a year ago. And they, they all sold out. It's and he, from that. And I, I think it's from that. And then the price of Ethereum has also gone up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so it was kind of funny because he came out originally and was like, oh, I don't believe in this Bitcoin crypto thing. Yeah. Then he has like a million dollars in Ethereum. And it's uh... <laughs> when he when he announced <laughs> that he was doing because there was this kind of I guess people were made aware that he was going to make some kind of a statement. Mm -hmm. And we were we were wondering what it was going to be. And 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 sure enough, he did make a statement, but he made it on a on, on, a, on a platform outside of the, you know, the the main players. I think it was Truth Social where he made it. Yeah. But he also launched the NFTs before the statement. So everyone kind of initially had this knee-jerk reaction. Oh, my God, what? He made us wait for an NFT launch? And I, I admit I was wrong to kind of prejudge him. And I think that's really the issue is with politics that are so divided right now. I think people are just jumping to uh, conclusions based on the programming that they've been sitting through on social media. Like, I'm aware that social media is an echo chamber. So I try to do as much as I can to unbias myself from confirmation of what it, whatever it is that I believe in, yeah, which is really bias. difficult, right? Uh, it's really difficult to do if you're not con consciously thinking about what are you uh, thinking, what are you deciding, and what kind of impact is that going to have? Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, I don't, I don't want to judge anyone too soon. And I think I kind of judged Trump too soon with that. I'm open to the left as well like i don't want to shut them out like most people do or most people shut out the right interesting but, would you vote for gavin newsom if he was uh, nominated? <laughs> uh i think gavin newsom is a demon he could be a reptile demon there's a meme going on about him being a reptile, which i would believe uh no i don't think he's done a good job at all with uh he's destroyed california, california. I, i'm surprised he hasn't done anything and he's proud of california right now i'm like have you seen the videos that come out of even San Diego now? San Diego, Los Angeles, San Francisco. It's an absolute disaster. It's like like a zombie city. It's like Raccoon City. Oh god. Um, you've seen the people like hunched over and like on drugs and walking around. It's just like what the Only fuck? there's no And then Gavin Newsom yeah. stands up there in his pristine suit and he's like, I'm proud of California. We've done a he's great just job. This weird Maybe I'll run for president. I'm like, do you live in a fantasy world? Like, I'm not against progressive politics in any way. In fact, um, I support Robert Kennedy very much. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I, I don't think I'd, you know, I've ever said that before. I've always been Republican more than I have been Democrat leaning, but I'd vote for him because I agree with a lot of things he's talking about. And he's also good for crypto. He's probably the best pro crypto candidate out there. Right. He's he wants very to, vocal about that. Yeah. He wants to even back the dollar with Bitcoin. Like, he's got all these, I don't know how well they would pan out, but he's, he's very pro privacy. He's very pro self-sovereignty when it comes to money and your identity and what you do. Like, I, I think he really speaks to every normal day Americans. And I think just generally what people would believe, and it doesn't matter what side of the party you're on, he's very much in the middle. He's a very moderate Democrat. Right, right. And I like that too. And I like him a lot. And I think he's gone through so much. He's obviously had family members who were killed. And you know, it's it's it, imagine what kind of a a, a backlash and a, and a mountain decline he's had to endure because he's taken the side of the people. 
Yeah. And he's been talking about the wrongdoings of the establishment for his entire career, as far as I understand. And he's a very smart guy. So I think we have a nice little group of potential candidates that really could make a substantial positive impact. And I, I'm, I'm just happy to be able to, to watch this and see it happen. Um, but, you know, like, again, it's, it's very tricky to talk about all of this without kind of getting into the gray zone of, oh, are you going to be canceled or not? Because Robert Kennedy mm -hmm. is, you know, very much uh, anti-pharma, which I like. I like that about him. I think we need more of that. <laughs> I, I agree. I think we do. Yeah. Uh, the only problem with Kennedy is I don't think he'll, I, we've talked about this a million times. I don't think he'll get the nomination from the Democratic Party because since Joe Biden is president, mm -hmm. they would have to convince Joe Biden not to run again. Mm -hmm. And they'd have to pick a new candidate. And if they did that, and then they'd have to go through debates and they would have to debate Kennedy. And he's leading the Democratic Party. And I don't know what the Democratic Party really wants to do or what their agenda is or what they're running on at this point, because the economy is so fucking bad. Um, so I don't you think they the want to. Yeah, I just said the F word, guys. I don't say that. Sorry. Enough. I, need, I need to say it more. I need to say it more. Um, but yeah, you're right. And um, I, I just I don't think they know what to do with him. If I'll be honest with you, that's my final thought on this yeah. is like, they don't know what to do with RFK. Should we kill? <laughs> we've already, well, we've already done that a few times, so we'll probably leave that as, <laughs> for, as an option for now. But um, speaking of crypto, what are your thoughts about the G20 summit? And apparently there's going to be a, I mean, I, I listened to this the other day as I was sleuthing through YouTube, but um, Apparently, they're going to declare some kind of war on crypto at the next G20 summit, which mm. wouldn't surprise me. I'm more fond of the G19 than the G21, <laughs> to be honest. No, it's, it's what weird. Kind they, of ha private they have a, G, a, G, uh, a G7, a G20. <laughs> um, it's a branding issue, that, I think. The, the G20 has actually been trying to create regulation, global regulation, or at least a standard around crypto for a long time. Because... Um, when you think of an economy, you don't think of just the U.S. economy or just the economy in the U.K. or even here in Colombia where we live, uh, just the economy here. Everything's very interconnected. And what affects one economy drastically affects another one. Um, and in, like never before, especially in today's world. So one thing what they want to do with crypto is because no one can really define, you know, is cryptocurrency more or less a security? Is it property? Is it commodity? Is it cash? Like, is it money? Like, how should they treat it? How should they tax it? How should they regulate it? And that has a real world implication right now when you have a market that's, you know, most of the time north of a trillion dollars. That, that's a big market for something so nascent and something mm -hmm. so new. Um, so what the G20 has been wanting to do is they're trying to figure out how to come to an agreement when you have 20 different countries. Obviously, they all have disagreements especially when it comes to crypto. The U.S. doesn't know jack squat about what they want to do. Whereas in Europe, uh, they actually have a MECA bill passed to regulate crypto. Um, depending on where you're at in the world, some people consider it a security, some consider it a commodity, some don't even have any regulation at all. Some consider crypto to be legal tender, like Bitcoin in El Salvador. So uh, that, that's where the G20 is at. They don't really have any consensus, and I don't think they're ever going to agree, but they've been trying for a long time to say, hey, guys, let's get together and let's, uh, let's agree on how we're going to regulate it. Because if Clement's in the UK and I'm in the US and I send Clement a Bitcoin, you know, it's treated differently in the US than it'd be treated in the UK. And mm -hmm. if Clement paid someone in, in Bali, it'd be treated different in Bali okay. than if someone in Bali also sent it back to Colombia to pay someone for something else. And then, you know, it's, it's also treated differently in Colombia. How do you create an accounting system around something that is different everywhere you go it's like you can't do that with gold yeah you can't do that with a dollar like gold is a commodity dollar is is money it's going to be like that in every country in the world mm -hmm. bitcoin is very flexible it's it's the first asset or monetary instrument that is a hybrid form of money or a hybrid asset mm -hmm. so it presents a lot of challenges and problems and and that's something that g20 is trying to work on for better or worse that's their own agenda yeah, it's a bit confusing as well because BlackRock just announced the Bitcoin ETF, right? Was it BlackRock? Yeah, so BlackRock and a host of other um, funds and asset management firms announced that they were filing and have filed um, a Bitcoin spot ETF right. in the United States. Um, a spot ETF for Bitcoin actually just got approved in Europe earlier this week. 
And actually, Europe is farther ahead on blockchain and crypto than the U.S. is, which is surprising, especially when it comes to innovating around it. Um, But yeah, so in September, actually, the the Securities and Exchange Commission in the U.S. has to address those filings and give an answer uh, in September. And then I believe the next day would be October and then January and March of next year. So um, come September, you know, the SEC could approve a whole bunch of ETFs for Bitcoin and a whole bunch of institutional capital could flow into the market and we go into the next gigantic bull cycle and we all become wealthy. Well, that's the question I have, right? I know you're not a, uh, I know most of the time you're not a a glass ball. Disclaimer, I do not give financial advice, but, but, but I'd like to talk about it. Yeah, right. And, 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 but I, I am invested in Bitcoin because I see the value of it. But I think a lot of people have the question, will the, will the governments be able to regulate it out? Or, you know, I don't know how you would say that, but basically eliminate, you know, the, the demand for it because it's just not legal. I think governments can regulate out um, enterprise and institutional capital because in order for them to put their money into this industry, which is so new, they have to have rules to comply by or they can get in trouble mm-hmm. and they can get fined millions, if not billions of dollars happens every single day, even with the stock market. Um, so for them to touch an industry that's like, you know, the Wild West, they, they need rules to play by. So the government, they can regulate out those kinds of players. Retail is different. You can't regulate out retail because anyone can go buy, sell, trade Bitcoin at any point in time. It's a decentralized network and system. There's no central point of failure or any individual or group that can shut it down or control it. Um, It doesn't matter even if every government magically coordinated together in the world and said, we're going to, you know, shut off the internet or we're going to stop Bitcoin and we're going to put you in jail and tax the hell out of you like if they did pulled out every single stop they still couldn't kill it because it only takes one computer to run the code so if one computer one server in the world has a bitcoin node or wallet running a node on it you know it's still alive now the the worst thing they can do is they can try to um, squeeze retail out of the market by suppressing and manipulating the price of bitcoin which again is a very hard thing to do but they can do it through advanced financial instruments mm. like futures contracts, mm. ETFs, ETFs on leverage, futures ETFs. Do you think that's what the ETF is really all about? Or do you think it's a mix? Potentially. Okay. I, I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's something that further legitimizes this industry as an asset. Like if you want to build an industry around gold and there's no way for you to buy gold on the open market, you have to buy a physical coin, then you really don't have a 21st century gold market. Right. So the same thing with Bitcoin, like anyone can buy Bitcoin at spot and and own it just like you could buy gold at spot and and own a coin or own a bar and put it in your safe. Um, But to have a multi-trillion dollar um, fluid market where anyone can invest in it, you have to have those financial instruments and you have to open up the ability for enterprise government institutions to be able to, to touch it. So that is, you know, currently what's going on is they're trying to create these instruments in BlackRock, Fidelity, Wisdom Tree, you know, some of the biggest asset managers in the world. BlackRock, obviously, you know, probably top three biggest in the world, if not the biggest. I think it's the biggest. Anyway, one of the most powerful. You know, BlackRock is, you know, one of three companies that owns every company yeah, in it's America. Crazy. It's crazy. Um, if you look at the top three VC funds or investors or wealth management firms that own equity in any company in America, any Fortune 500 company, BlackRock is almost always in the top Number three. One, right, yeah. BlackRock, Vanguard, Vanguard and... Um, that and, one I can never uh, remember. Yeah, the one that no one cares about. <laughs> no one cares about the last one. You never get any rep prizes for being in third place. But exactly. um, yeah, it's crazy to think that there's a, a company or an enterprise that has more asset value than the GDP of like the most the biggest com- countries, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I only learned that a week ago. So I'm so happy I get to say that right now. But it is insane. And I don't know how much of that is a product of just you know, capitalism in general, and how much of that is a product of just really bad regulation and corruption. And I think 
it is more the latter because I do believe in capitalism mm -hmm. and I do think that we can have a system that works, but obviously not at this current present day like this. This is crazy. So, yeah, I, I, I just think it's insane. And, you know, I've had the opportunity to choose where to invest money and what kind of vehicles to, to pick. And I, I could have just put it into index funds and just let it sit there. But I don't want to. I don't want to feed the machine, if you know what I mean. That, right? That's if you trust the machine and if, right, you, well. and if you trust the market. I mean, I, I don't like the direction like the U.S. market is going. I'm mm. not going to buy 20-year treasury bonds. Mm, There's mm, no mm, way in hell, but mm. every accountant in America will tell me, set up a Roth IRA, buy an index fund, invest in it, put money into a trust, put money into, a, uh, into some treasury bills. No, because you're relying on the full faith of the U.S. government to make sure that that's back and that's actually going to happen. I, I, it's it's it, weird, I though. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even want to hold U.S. dollars right now with, mm -hmm. with how insolvent the banks are. Let's you know? go to Yuan. Let's just go all in Yuan, yeah. and, and we'll just leave it all in I, I would rather own Yuan outside of China, not in China, <laughs> right. and invest That's in it as a currency because the, the Chinese Yuan actually is appreciating in price. No, I'm sure. And for the first time in like the last five years, it is separated from the U.S. dollar, which is very rapidly declining in value. And that should tell you, you know, what direction the world is growing, going and, you know, who's going to be running, I think, most most nations, you know, China has invested heavily into Southeast Asia, into Africa, now into Latin America, building out infrastructure. Um, you just the, made me realize how much of an outflow of capital must be coming out of the States right now. I it just blew my mind thinking about it right now, because who would in their right mind invest in California? Who would in their right mind leave their companies there when people are just walking in and taking what they want and the governor seems to be on a permanent coke bender or who knows, who, who knows what he's doing right i'm not saying he's doing that but like it, could you know, be. it just seems like there's just no law it's the wild west literally and so i'm just blown away by this idea of how much money is actually leaving that country or at least some states and yeah we see it all, all the time people leave to go to a different state or they leave the country entirely and then, you know, uh, that's got to have some I also kind think of China's in a bit of a growth bubble, too. Yeah. Um, you know, they've expanded and expanded and spent all this money. And, you know, they'll be fine in the end because at least they have the infrastructure to back up their economy. They've invested heavily into Chinese society, but also into neighboring countries and have strategic partnerships. I, China's going to be fine when things fall apart. But um yeah they're they're, they're, old, they're in a bubble people. so they're they're gonna have a huge economic downturn at some point too they can't sustain this type of growth even evergrand the largest uh property management company in china folded over mm -hmm. and declared bankruptcy yeah um it's oh, so last summer man yeah no no no, <laughs> no. They, just, yeah, just no the i'm joking just the other day no i'm, I'm joking oh, I, I don't know I, time I, flies I it could be last summer already <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's been around for a while i mean but you know it has a massive impact on you know, the economy. And I think that you can suppress that kind of impact mm -hmm. artificially, but you can't do it forever. And their aging population and their outflux of young people, I'm using that word a lot today, uh, is going to have severe repercussions on their economy. And I know that they know this. Mm -hmm. And it's talked about a number of times. Peter Zahan's one guy who talks about it, even though I don't really fully trust everything he says. And there's a bunch of other people who just are aware maybe China isn't going to be the next superpower, which is actually nice to hear because who wants to live under the rule of the CCP? I don't think anyone really does. Not even Chinese people. And I'm half Chinese. I'm allowed to say that. You are? I you am. are? That's fair. I am. I've never been there, but I'm allowed to say that. You have a, you have a special privilege. <laughs> I have a special <laughs> angle to my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Only you can say that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think... In the situation with the U.S. and China, because, you know, the U.S. is still the biggest economy in the world for now. China's second biggest economy in the world and, and rapidly rising. I think the biggest difference is going to be, you know, who absorbs the plunge the best. And the U.S. is in a horrific and scary position where even uh, credit card debt is over a trillion dollars in the U.S. Just credit card debt. Mm -hmm. It's unfathomable how much money has just been wasted, spent, depreciated, and now interest rates are through the roof and the Fed's not going to stop. Inflation is out of control still. I mean, it's come down, but it's not under, under wraps. It's still way above the initial 2% target the Fed wants. 
Um, and then the Biden administration just keeps shipping money off to Ukraine, like money that we need in America. Yeah. That, just, that really pisses me off. Even though just I'm not keeps getting ship, shipped off to Ukraine. Like it's a money laundering scheme in my, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, I, it's very frustrating as an American. Obviously I live here in Colombia now, but you realize there are people and a lot of them too, who <laughs> look at what's going on and they say, good for Ukraine, right? It's going to help them right there. They, they think that way. Yeah. They don't try to figure out, is there another reason for this? Like, could it be something else? Could it be money laundering? Could it be? And so we have no accountability on that money going there. Mm -hmm. It's coming from their pockets and they're struggling through life. And now that the Maui fires uh, have happened and we see the response, I think it's pretty obvious what's happening in Ukraine. It's I just mean, another proxy war. It's just bullshit. There's no reason to be fighting it. We're, we're literally, the only difference between us fighting, Americans fighting in the war, and Ukrainians is that Americans physically aren't the ones doing it. We're training them. We're giving them supplies. We're giving them bullets, weapons, tanks, bombs, Europe everything. Um, same thing with, with, uh, with Russia. You know, Wagner is the one really fighting the war. Russia gives Wagner all the resources, all the tools, all the intel, all the bombs, all the bullets, all the gas, everything. And then Russia gets that from China. And it's really China versus the U.S. and <laughs> Ukraine. And it's oh, just man. a pointless, stupid war where who knows what's really truly going on. And it's sad because, yeah, there are people dying, mm -hmm. but we don't need to keep shipping money off. We need someone to call Putin and say, this is stupid. Let's just let's stop. What do you want? Let's negotiate. Like, that's what you get potentially with a Trump or a Vivek or a Ron DeSantis or a John F. Kennedy. Sorry, John F. Kennedy. That'd be nice, right? That would be cool. Robert Kennedy. That would be really cool. Back so, from the just dead. coming back from the dead. John F. Kennedy is here again, folks. With this, <laughs> lay the smackdown. There was an old, uh, have you, there's an old COD Call of Duty Zombies game. I forgot which one it was. Um, and John F. Kennedy's no, in it. No, really? Yeah, That's he's awesome. in it. And he's, he's with part two of M60s, just like. <laughs> I'm going to make you pay for that day. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. But he's like in the video and everything. He's like, about and he had a gun and everything. And we, he's like, we, we, we got to get ready for the zombies. I'm going to start a petition to get celebrity back on air. I know it was an MTV production. I know they don't have the money for that anymore. <laughs> but I would like to see Celebrity Deathmatch again. I think it would be amazing today. Mm -hmm. I know they couldn't get away with it probably, but to see Trump against Biden and so oh, it's so cool, man. Hey guys, quick message from our sponsor, NitroBetting. NitroBetting takes your desire for anonymity seriously and allows you to play without the need to worry about identity checks and personal information. It's a betting site, not an investment site. You should be able to just have fun. As a top trusted Bitcoin betting site, Nitro Betting truly has got your back. Back to the episode, guys. This is my entertainment. Like this is this is my way of enjoying life in the world is being able to, you know, look at memes and funny videos <laughs> to, to, and to, to pull someone's head the, off on a on a on a video game. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, more than that, the the parody of the internet, you know, yeah. you know, comedy used to be very different. And I know you like comedy very much. Oh yeah. And comedy you know, has evolved so much, I think, to the internet too, into what's out there, into social media, into the way that we go about teasing things and making fun of things and, and, and burning down walls and hopefully building bridges. I, I think it's, it's very fascinating. Like, I can't imagine what the world would look like without, let alone the internet, but without, you know, parody and memes. And, you know, the I see it every fucking day. I go on Twitter. And it's like someone's making fun of something and they're taking, you know, something bad that's happening in the world and they're making you laugh. And Sure. And I can be the devil's advocate to that, though, because sure. I know I've got I've got I'm slightly older than you. So, I mean, not slightly, slightly more than slightly. a decade. Yeah, let's slightly. just say slightly, slightly, slightly. Uh, but I, I kind of like remember the times when I was younger and I didn't have the Internet and, you know, Life was, it wasn't as exciting as it is today. There's no way. No, it, no, there's no way. There's no comparison. I mean, really. I, I was really young, but I barely remember it. But I will say this. It was more chill. And it was more fulfilling in the sense that you had, you know, a lot more physical contact with people, like socializing. You shared a lot more. Um, just through conversation, mm -hmm. you couldn't be anonymous. You had to be there. And 
there was no distraction. There were no um, psychological operations that were mm -hmm. happening on your device. Sure. Uh, so I, I actually really missed those days for that reason. But I do agree with you that um, technology has kind of made life so much more convenient and a hell of a lot more entertaining, I guess. Have you seen those uh, chill lo-fi beats like on YouTube? Yeah. There's like a gazillion of them now. There's so many. I feel like that's, that's a what, genre. That's what life was like, though. Now we have to watch <laughs> our lo-fi reality on on YouTube to relax. It's not the reality anymore because I don't know what today would be. It'd probably be like death metal. <laughs> if 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 it was lo-fi last uh, uh, generation, now it's uh, death metal. Um, hopefully, we can go back to something more relaxing soon. Because I am seriously trying to keep up, man. I'm. I was just even just this morning, like. Anxiety. I was telling you, right? I'm yeah. super anxiety. I'm super anxious sometimes. I think people are—they're all familiar with what anxiety is. It's just a thing today. And there are days when I cannot, you know, seem to get my shit together because my anxiety is through the roof, and so I have to really manage myself. And I don't think there's any other reason for it than just the onslaught and the overwhelming weight of everything that's going on right now. Now I could be ignorant and I might not even tune in one day mm -hmm. to, you know, Twitter and these other YouTube and whatever. And that's great. I'll feel more relaxed and I'll be able to just, uh, you know, not, not feel that negative energy, but you will quickly almost make yourself redundant if you don't tune in because that's where things are happening today and you need to know what's going on. What do you do to minimize that anxiety and that stress? Do you just tune out of that stuff? Just like, is drink. that the cause of it? Because I'm, I'm sure it is. I've seen Twitter and YouTube these days, and it's like you watch one, you go into a whole rabbit hole of stress yeah. and anxiety, and then it sits in the back of your mind. Well, yeah. and it, Well, so I think there's a difference between X.com, previously known as Twitter, and YouTube in the sense that X.com I, – I, I tweeted this morning, actually. I said – X.com is a place where left, the left argue about what is going wrong with the right and the right argue about what's going wrong with the left. And it's, it's just that is what it is. It's, it's, a, it's a place where you go to see the, the, your side of the story, right, and only your side of the story. Now, YouTube isn't, isn't exactly as political. You, you, can, you can see in your feed a bunch of different stuff. And um, it's not really as political because the content itself is for, you know, educational purposes or whatever. You're trying to learn something. Um, and I, 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 I think to answer your question, man, there's a few different ways I try and deal with the stress. But I think as long as you're aware that it's happening mm -hmm. and you don't allow yourself to fall into further into the trap by breathing, by not continuing, by taking a break, by... Um, you know, just reminding yourself that maybe that's not all there is to the world, then I think you can manage it. But to come back to my original point, you've got to do it because if you don't, you're really out of touch and you can't afford to be out of touch today because everything matters today. Mm -hmm. Everything matters as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's tough. What do you do? Quick sponsor break. This episode <laughs> is brought to you by Globafin. Oh, they yeah. help with anxiety and stress. <laughs> A big pharma. Big pharma tool. You're you're getting pharma sponsorship. That's pretty impressive, no, man. No, no, no. I, I wouldn't take I was it. Gonna say. I don't know how much money they'd have to offer me for me to even consider it, but I do not support what they're doing. No, I don't. And I come from a family of pharmacists, so you know it's kind of in the blood a little bit. But yeah, I I hate those commercials though. It's like it's sad that medicine has become a product for profit. Like I, I, you see all these commercials all the time. I mean, we don't watch TV as much as we do now. You have to see them like through through social media. But especially when I was growing up, it's like every commercial break, it was like, "Are you suffering from X, Y, and Z? Do you also have A, B, C, and D?" I'm sure well, I saw. Try such a Kablaberchin and Jamaberson and Jamaber hyphen. Fuck it all. <laughs> Fuck it all. Fuck it all. Fuck it all. That was the one of the best. Uh, that was one of the best Robin Williams There's jokes. There's been some heard, good yeah. uh, parodies right. on that too. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's terrible. They just pump out all these fucking drugs and then they're like, well. How many get... new drugs are there a year? There's like over 500 new um, illnesses, know. right? That the 
you know, pharmaceutical industry come up with every year, and it's just a machine. So I, I, I was, I was telling someone this today um, that when I was a kid, I would go to the pharmacies of my father in the UK, and we, I would just be there as like, you know, he would just put me in the side, and I'd play with toys and stuff. But I'd see someone come in and get their medicine, and then the next week I was there, I'd see the same person coming in to get their medicine, and I keep seeing them. Something in my brain clicked, and it was like aren't these people supposed to be getting cured? Like, isn't that mm -hmm. what this is all about, right? But it made me realize that there's something inherently wrong with that system. And that's why I learned, you know, more about the natural side of things. I went to university, I learned naturopathic nutrition. And it's just a different concept completely. And it's really quite shady, I would say, uh, the history of pharmacy in the ways that they kind of indoctrinated people to... Mm -hmm believe that Western medicine is a lot more powerful than everything our ancestors learned about health and wellness. So I can see that there are benefits to it, but I just think it's so way overprescribed. And like, you're right, if you tune into TV, traditional legacy TV, and even now social media, you can see how powerful that is. And I, I believe I even got deplatformed um, recently because of things that I said, you know, about that industry. Okay. I know it's okay. They, they got you. You'll they got back. me, You'll but I'm I'm back. I'm back with a <laughs> with a vengeance. <laughs> Try to stop me now. Yeah, no. <laughs> You're talking about the globalists a little too much. Yeah. <laughs> Pharmaceutical uh, bastards. <laughs> oh man, I miss that guy. I miss that guy. But he's he's going around now. He's actually he's being on around. Uh, I think he's getting back in the groove of it now. I think he's starting to wrap up this Sandy Hook shit. And oh man, he, he he was dealing with a lot of crap. Yeah. Um, I've never seen someone more silence than him ever like that you there's some people you can name like andrew tate for example you know who's super popular today but still like nobody how much is, do they want to uh find that guy it was like a billion dollars yeah. or something that is just insane and, and that says a lot i think what, what's crazy to me is there's so much commentary online about things um and nothing ever happens to anyone especially youtubers and they they cover things in depth and have really strong opinions and i see it every single day um, over news items, over sensitive topics, things that are political, left and right. And it's normal. But because Alex Jones is such a big voice, you know, for whatever reason, he gets the brunt of that kind of stuff. Like, I'm not saying what he should have done and said about Sandy Hook was right or wrong. I mean, I don't think it was the most sensitive thing for him to do. And is I think he got a little not proper. Yeah. I, I think it's proper to do in the first place at all. But a billion dollars yeah, just, it's just... For, for, for talking about it, it's still, that's it, a big fucking number. You got to wonder at some point, you know, because he does always come across crazy and that's always years after the fact of being right. Like, uh -huh. and I hate saying that about him because he seems crazy, but, you know, sometimes it is the crazy ones that are right. You know what I've discovered? More people than I thought actually agree with things like the uh the the views that uh, alex jones has but they're just too scared to say it mm -hmm. and i'll be i'll be speaking to a liberal leaning person or a conservative leaving leaning person about you know what's going on in the world and you know certain uh conspiracy theories and 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 they will agree with me i'm not sure how much of it is like just to appease me in the moment because you know mm -hmm. it's uncomfortable to disagree with someone sure but I do honestly think that there's a lot more people who believe this, that they're just not speaking up. And that is aligned with, you know, how um, uh, pe people in, in previous movements, uh, Martin Luther King, for example, said, you know, the most important people are the ones that don't say anything because they're the majority. Mm -hmm. And it's a, that's why I say everything today matters. Everything you do matters because it's leading all of us towards a certain point. So if you ignore what's going on, you're part of the problem. And if you speak about what's going on, yeah, congratulations. But now you've got the bigger challenge of like, how do you talk about it? How do you not get canceled? How do you stay alive if, mm -hmm. you're, if you have a platform and you're talking about it, right? Because, you know, so I think the sad thing is, you know, there's more people out there that are little fish in the ponds that do try to raise their voice. And there are so many whales in a ponds that have influence that don't say anything. don't you got more. To lose. And, and that that's the real problem. When you have such a massive platform and people listen to you and you don't speak up, 
you know, that's sad. Because if, if you believe certain things and you believe certain things are happening against those values you have and you don't say anything, then it, it's just sad it, because every other small person would wish they had that platform sure. to do the same thing that they're screaming at the top of their lungs to 10, 10 viewers on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, you know, someone that has a million, they won't say anything. So too frightened. I, I understand. I, I totally understand. Imagine working your whole life and building an empire. Mm -hmm. And then there comes a day when you're tested to say the thing that's right or say the thing that's in your best interest. And it's really difficult if you've got a family, if you've got thousands of employees, if you've got a, a viewership. I mean, it's really difficult. And the people who do go against that for the greater good, they get really, um, how would you say this? They just get obliterated sometimes. And it's, yeah. it's sad to see. And it, you know, it, 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 it brings me to the whole Sound of Freedom thing. Because Tim Ballard lost a thousand donors mm -hmm. after his Trump interview. And he was like, his team were telling him, you got to call these donors. You got to try to explain to them what you explained to just now on your social media about why it's important. And he was like, no, I'm not going to do that because you know what? This is not a political issue. This is about saving kids. And if you're going to stop funding the, the, the activities of our enterprise because of something that you didn't, someone you didn't agree with, then you don't care about the kids as much as you care about being right politically. Yeah. And that's fucked up. And, it, and I, I respect him for that. And there's a lot of, uh, you know, I guess the whole movie's mirrored in conspiracies right now from the other side about how Tim Ballard is just a, an actor and he's not doing anything and he's making a lot of money out of this. And But that's it, the corporate machine trying to smear him, isn't it? I'm point? pretty sure. I mean, you know, it could be true. But at the end of the day, I choose to believe that I'm not going to lose anything by isn't supporting something. Isn't it the same like guy that. that did Passion of the Christ? So Tim Ballard's the CIA, uh, the ex-CIA agent who now mm -hmm. runs a foundation that basically goes and saves kids. Yeah. Um, and he was involved in a, a number of like high profile, uh, you know, how would you say them? Like uh, when they raid a place yeah. and he's, he's apparently saved a lot of children. Um, the guys who were behind the movie, you interviewed one of the founders of Angel I Studios. Um, Shame on you for not. <laughs> hey, I reached out to them. You know, if you want to reach back out, do an episode. We do a part two, I th I um, but we, you know, we, yeah, we did a episode with um, one of the Harmon brothers, yeah. who is That's the so showrunner cool. for uh, a kids show called Tuttle Twins, right? And they teach kids about money and economics and finance and uh, in history, especially Amazing. U.S. history. I've watched a bunch of episodes. Really, really good show, especially for kids. And yeah. totally free too. They have like this whole like pay it forward type of model. So. There's not any LGBTQ no. stuff in there. No, no, no. no. It's or yeah. it's not politically influenced yeah. in any direction. It's purely educational. It's such a fresh breath of air. Um, but Angel Studios is the one that put on Tuttle Twins, and they do a few other programs uh -huh. as well. And the big one, obviously, is Sound of Freedom. And The Chosen, which is a biblical series on uh, now on Netflix, I believe, but mm -hmm. it was launched crowdfunded and they made millions of dollars in ticket sales for that because they obviously had a very uh, niche right. audience and they and it was a great show. I, I haven't watched the show, but my mother, who's a pastor, she watched and she told me all about it. And I, at the time, like I was like, oh, whatever. Um, but it, it's apparently a very good show. So mm -hmm. they're one of the producers that's behind The Sound of Freedom, which, by the way, as you remember, is coming out in Colombia at the end of this month. So On my birthday, go the 31st of August. Oh, really? That's crazy. Yeah, you don't have to send me a gift if you want to. I'll put my address in the description below. Please keep it small. But yeah, um, I, I love a copy of Sound of Freedom, though. That I, I still want to see it. It's sad that they've made it so hard to watch. Uh -huh. And um, I've been trying to... You know, stream it online, things. stream it online. Um, <laughs> I'll just say that. Um, and, and the quality is just not good yet. So yeah, I'm but still we, we, you know, even if you were to do that, you would still go to the movies to see it, to support it. Anyway, yeah, right? It's yeah, not I like it's it. a, and, and that's the problem. If you can't see it because it's not, it's had a limited showing, then how else are you going to be able to raise it awareness? Just, it this? just baffles me that they would try to limit a movie with so much success simply because it's not part of the Hollywood machine, mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. And two, it's about child sex trafficking, which mm -hmm. is a huge issue that people care about. And or everyone that about. watched the movie loved it. And it's just sad that they would try and tear down the movie and 
shame the actors and, and all these things. It's like, it's like, what are you doing? Like, isn't it a mo- this a movie we should be promoting, not trashing? Mm-hmm. Um, it's very suspect, isn't it? And, and, it, and it's the kind of, I'm not looking forward to it. There's some interesting connections there too. I mean, isn't one of the guys in the movie also in the movie Passion of Christ? Like, yes. He, the, he the, played Christ or something? Exactly. So yeah. Jim Caviezel. And he's connected to Mel Gibson. And Mel Gibson's yes. doing a documentary on uh, child sex trafficking. Yes. And so I, I, I've heard many different things about, you know, this whole uh, conspiracy that's going around where mm-hmm. um, Hollywood have a almost like a, uh, a group of rebellious actors, producers, mm-hmm. directors who have just said no. We're not going to settle for this anymore. Mark Wahlberg is mentioned a lot too. Mm. He's a, an avid Christian, and they have just apparently had enough of this whole satanic, pedophile ring that Which runs we, and we, operates. We can't, we can't prove, right, but there's exactly. Fine but there's enough satanic crap looking things out there. <laughs> um, I'm sure you've all seen it. It's a little weird. I mean, Sam Smith. <laughs> this is just speculation. <laughs> Jay-Z, Beyonce. I mean, how many people do you want to go through? So I don't Super know Bowl. what it is. Yeah, Super, Super Bowl, right? And, and, and even if you go back to the Olympics mm-hmm. in the UK, in London, mm-hmm. did you see that? The Olympics opening show in, oh no, oh. it was Brazil. Brazil. So there was an Olympics in Brazil mm-hmm. not too long ago, and they had an opening ceremony like always, right? Yeah. And in the opening ceremony, it was this almost like this telling of the future where there were all these beds. I may be getting this wrong with the UK. I think I am, but there were all these hospital beds and there Mm -hmm. were like people in the beds and there was this spike protein looking thing floating through. And it was just this weird show. And I guess at the time everyone was like, whatever, Weird. But you know how I, uh, I can, uh, symbolism works in this, uh, apparently works in this industry. It's like you've got to show people what you're planning and what you're going to do because of the karmic whatever, right? That's what Satanists yeah. believe. Uh, and, it, and I, it's weird now because a lot of music artists are making fun of it, but you can't tell anymore if they're making fun of it or promoting this, if it's something that exists. But they, yeah. they all joke about the Illuminati now and Satanic stuff, and it's in all these music videos, especially the rappers. Like they've just dog piled onto it, and it, it's just very uncomfortable because now I can't listen to music without getting away from it. I can't it. listen to music. I can't li- watch movies. I'm from Ho- from Hollywood specifically. I mean, um, I'm I'm all I'm all for watching independent movies. Like I I love movies. I grew up with movies, and I'm I'm a film I'm I'm, I'm going to be a filmographer yeah. soon. So it's like, you know, where do I draw my inspiration from? And I'm pretty confident I'm not going to be drawing it as much from Hollywood anymore because. You know, unless you start seeing like demons and stuff showing up in my work, then you know I'm not, <laughs> I'm not pulling it from there because it's just all over the place. I think people need to know about this. I know it's not your subject material no, for the show. This is a special episode, right? Special we, we things can talk about special, anything. You can talk about special things. I uh, just got diagnosed with hemorrhoids, and no, I'm oh. joking. I'm joking. Oh. But uh, wow, that's special. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, it's it's it's. I think people need to know about these things because they're. They're happening and, you know, you can wish it away and you can ignore it and you can, but if you turn on your television and it's maybe a music channel, you're going to see Sam Smith, Beyonce, you're going to see all these young rappers who've sold their souls and they have to, as part of their contract, to do what their producers say, which is to show these symbolistic things about satanic rituals and, you know, the cross upside down. And it's just a... It's a very strange world we live in, and I don't think we've really hit the tip of the iceberg with it, and I think people are just starting to wake up. So it's uncomfortable, and I've come to terms with it, but at the beginning, my whole world was starting to be turned upside down, and it, and it was very difficult to mm-hmm. accept. But when you accept it, I guess you can do something about it, or right. you can, yeah. yeah. I, I, wish, I, I wish and I hope that more people will do something about that, and I, I think a lot of things will come to limelight. Eventually, I, I don't think they can get away with it in this day's in this day and age and, and keep it all swept under the rug. Um, pivoting to another topic, we have talked quite extensively about so many things yeah. on this special episode. That's of good. Podcast. Man. That's good. Um, want to talk about Helios Studio as sure. well, uh, the podcast studio which we're in because we'll be doing uh, BlockHashCon. Uh, 2023 here for, live from the studio we're going to have um, at least at this point we have 28 speakers confirmed and locked in to the schedule um, for panel discussions for presentations 
for keynote speeches. They'll be doing workshops. Some of them will be putting on courses over the course of three days, November 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. Um, so we needed a fantastic place where we could monitor all this, host everything, and you know control the entire event. And I needed like a good base of operations. And I'm moving at the moment. I don't know if I'm going to have that set up in my own place or if I'm going to have another office or studio. So needed a really solid location, especially here in Medellin, Colombia, where I don't think one really exists of the kind of caliber and quality that Clement has. Thank um, you. And so, yeah, so tapped into him because he's got a really good studio set up with all the, the cameras, the microphones, the lights, the, the equipment, everything. So if you're going to be down here for the event at all, or you're coming to Columbia at any time soon, you definitely got to check it out. He's got everything you need from podcasting to videography. Um, he has a studio for photo shoots. You know, sure. he's, he's got all the tech. And, you know, when you do this stuff, you want the best. You want the best equipment, the best software, the best uh, environment. You want someone that has an incredibly deep skill set. Um, so, yeah, that is my personal endorsement. We'll be using this specific studio for the whole event. Um, so, yeah, if you're here, definitely check it out. Yeah, I'd love to have you. And in the words of the uh, owner of Jurassic Park, spared at no expense. So it's like, uh, basically, <laughs> we, <Good> we, <laughs> we, we, I, I started the studio Helios as a photography studio initially because I got into photography during the, you know, after the quarantine, uh, the, the, the pandemic. And uh, I quickly realized, you know, because of our history of doing podcast episodes and things and Brandon basically, I think, mentioned it, maybe you should have your own studio. So one of the rooms here wasn't being used. Um, I needed a place to do some some kind of content. And I made the decision to just go all out and really honestly spare no expense mm. and, and put some of my savings into this. And so we've got really great uh, equipment. We've got, you know, all the sound processing equipment you need to have a, a, a high quality podcast. We've got the high quality cameras, the lights are all set up in here. I wish I could turn the camera around and show you, but it's actually um, one of the only places in Medellin you can come to record this level of quality of content. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure we could do a special deal where, you know, if you come on behalf of uh, uh, Brandon's recommendation, you can get like a special discount. Yeah, maybe we can set up a promo code or something. Uh, maybe some kind of lead gen forms. People can uh, sign up maybe to use the studio or get in contact, maybe schedule some time. Sure. Yeah, let's do it. I'm, I'm definitely here. If you need to talk, talk then just reach out. And have what, what's uh, your plans for expanding this out? Do you want to build out something much larger at some point? Is there a certain direction you want to take it or a certain clientele you want for the, the podcast studio in particular? I think actually it's good that we're talking about it because your audience are probably by now quite interested in Medellin, I would imagine, based on the fact that they're watching you from here all the time. Oh, yeah. And who it is a great place. Who doesn't like Medellin, Colombia? It's fantastic. I mean, you know, but there is this whole kind of, I guess, taboo around Colombia being a, 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 an unsafe place to go. I personally haven't had that experience. I've lived here for probably in total about three years. I'm married to a Colombian as well. And uh, we live together and we run this business together. And I honestly have never had any uh, problems with the locals. In fact, I've had more problems in the UK in terms of getting into you know arguments and mm -hmm. maybe being robbed or whatever in the UK than I have here. I've never had an issue. And so I genuinely uh, recommend you look into it because it's a great place to get your bang for buck too. Like you can really use the money you earn at, and get so much more for it if you come here. Uh, so, you know, I, I think it's a great audience. Foreigners that want to come and record and they don't know where to go. Mm -hmm. Now you have an option and you can just simply get in touch with either one of us and we'll help you out. Yeah, I, I tell people all the time, the real American dream is in Colombia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. It's the South American dream. It's great. Uh, when you think about things like manifest destiny and Americans believing and, you know, accomplishing that American dream mm. and what that, you know, really meant back in the day. Because nowadays, the American dream doesn't exist anymore. It's exhausted. Um, in fact, America is more oversaturated than it's ever been. It's so fucking expensive. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, back in the 1800s, you know, that was in full swing, you know, manifest destiny. Every American believed they needed to go farther west, find land, find gold, find a mine, uh, set up a business, you know, 
that that was the American dream. It was opportunity and something that was not claimed. I think you're right. I think it does exist here. And in Latin America, yeah. Un unfortunately for a lot of people in, in Latin America, it's it's a continental economy that has not really taken taken foot yet because there's no interest, there's no capital that's come down until the last ten years or so. Yeah. Um, and now people are starting to wake up to that opportunity where you can look at the U.S., any city in the U.S., and you can look at Colombia and Medellin, like in particular, and you can say, okay, if we put two cities, let's say we put um, L.A. and Medellin on a pedestal, you know, which city is safer? Medellin. <laughs> yeah. Which city is cheaper? Medellin. Totally. Which city are people friendlier? Medellin. Which city has a better diversity of food and good quality food? Medellin. Where can you get more for your dollar? Where can you have freedom? Medellin. Yeah. Where you can get more for your dollar? Medellin. It's like, and you know, in terms of, you know, how far you have to travel, Colombia is not as far as other places in Latin America no, either. Like it's a good, easy gateway yeah. access. So like if you live anywhere else in the country, especially if you live on the East Coast and you're like, okay, should I travel all the way to LA and start my life or should I go to Medellin? Medellin. Like it, it starts to make more sense. I think there's this Netflix effect, unfortunately. <laughs> I was just about to say that. <laughs> with, I was uh, really just about to say with that. With Narcos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, Medellin in the past and Colombia in general had its problems, but that, was a, that was a different period of time. I mean, it still does. Like, you won't go sure. into the middle of the ghetto here because you don't belong there and you shouldn't be there. This is the difference, though. So right. here in Medellin, I, I live by this motto and I repeat it all the time. You know, if you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. Totally. That's just how it is. Um, if you're going out and partying at clubs and, and finding hookers and, and doing, doing drugs, drugs and yeah. cocaine and which is, a, which is a large part staying of out the... till five in the morning. Yes. You're more likely to get robbed, yeah. to get victimized, all these things. The difference is if you're living your life, if I'm going to a business meeting. If I'm in a podcast studio recording something, if I'm going Just to the grocery store, yourself. if I'm walking my dog, yeah. you know, I'm more likely to have a problem in LA where I've had problems just trying to go to the fucking grocery store. Really? What happened? They, they robbed my car. Oh, I, I've shit. had people, you know, steal my shit. I've had people break into my car. I've had people try to break into my apartment. I've had people vandalize my shit. You know, doing basic things like me going to get the mail. Like, That's crazy. Here, it's like, that doesn't exist. Like, yeah, people yeah. take care of things like their metro line they take care of, their buses, mm -hmm. the streets are a lot cleaner. Um, you don't see people lying around injecting themselves with heroin. I mean, if you think about the reality, you know, it is much safer here. Yeah. It's just, you know, your mindset and how you look at it. Do you adapt to the culture? Do you try to understand things? Do you try to be respectful? Do you, do uh, yeah. you are you smart? Like, I don't know. I mean, this is a really interesting thing that you brought up. Now I'm thinking maybe there's something to that netflix show of like a fear factor of like hey don't Good, leave the country now and go somewhere nicer where these kinds of things aren't happening that we're causing because we don't want you to realize that but yeah i think it really is just a question of like opening your mind to the possibility that maybe you've been programmed to think so well, i thought that when i first got here i was scared like i got off the airplane and i i i was defensive like i could feel my body was just like i was in defensive mode and then it took me a few days and I realized, you know, this isn't so bad, this place. No, and your favorite really store kind. was Karuja. You're getting that yeah, bratwurst like and, and we're making some meat. <laughs> it, it was an interesting experience. So now I live here. I've been here for, you've been here for a while. I've been here for a while. And, you know, we, don't, we, we have nothing but good things to say about Medellin specifically. Mm -hmm. um, other parts of the country may not be the same, but I think Medellin is a really interesting place to come. And there's a big community of entrepreneurs and, yeah. and people who are investing so, you know, you're going to be able to make friends and have those kinds of business relationships, even though you're not in your home country. And I think that's part of the reason why um, it's such a good place for foreigners to come, because the pace of life is similar in some ways mm -hmm. to where we come from and we can get shit done. Whereas, you know, sometimes yeah. it's not the case. Like Cancun is not can't get shit conducive to business. Shit, shit, shit gets you done. Gets you done. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Um, all right. That this has been a great episode. Um, yeah. we've, we've talked about so many things. We're going to have so many different clips and sound bites come out of this. But again, if you're here for BlockHashCon in November, it's going to be virtual completely, 100%. But you know, we'll try to do some hybrid-based events. If you're going to be in the area, if you're going to come down earlier or later, 
way after the fact, definitely check out the studio. He, he truly has everything you need. I'll be using this tremendously going into the future as well. And for a lot of future uh, podcast episodes myself here on the Blockash podcast. So uh, we'll put all his information in the description for the episode, as well as probably a little thing here at the bottom of the screen. Here, right here, yeah, over here, somewhere. <laughs> so, somewhere over here on the screen, you'll you'll see something. Click on that, or if you can't click on that, go into the description. It'll be there. All right, thank you guys for tuning in. Really appreciate it, Clement. Anywhere you want people to to go, in particular website, social media. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. It's literally a studio. Helios, which is E-S-T-U-D-I-O-H for Helios, which is the Greek word for sun. Um, so H-E-L-I-O-S. So Estudio Helios. And if you go there, you can just get in touch with me, leave me a message or leave a comment or whatever, and I'll get back to you. All right. Good episode, man. Yep. We'll talk Good soon. One. Cheers. Cheers. Hey guys, final message from our sponsor, Nitro Betting. Nitro Betting gives you so many options to bet, wager, and play with a deep sports book from NFL to NBA to NHL to MLB to MMA to motorsports to poker to blackjack to esports to Rocket League to Call of Duty. There's plenty of diversity and choice, whatever you guys want to do. So go to nitrobetting.eu to experience everything they have to offer and see you on the next episode, guys.